This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. As artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore, AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI safety security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI safety security. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. This episode is brought to you today by Gusto. Payroll and benefits are hard, especially when you're a small business. Gusto is making payroll, benefits, and HR easy for modern small businesses. You no longer have to be part of a big company to get great technology, great benefits, and a great service to take care of your team. To help support the show, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited time deal. You sign up today, you will get three months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to gusto.com slash rocket chip again gusto.com slash rocket chip michael when you think of the fundamental responsibilities of a software product manager what are some that come to mind well there's definitely a lot of things that a product manager has to do right at the core some of the important things um so working with the customers to determine and understand the pain points 
ultimately leading the design and development teams internally, and then really creating the solutions to the problems that they're finding. Yes, those are definitely some of the responsibilities, um, definitely some of the main ones. But of course, before those solutions can be created by the design development teams, it's typically some it's typically a part of some sort of plan, right? Well, yes, usually it's the product roadmap. Exactly. And there's all sorts of people that have different perspectives about product roadmaps. Um, I remember in the past, I had a chat with Andrea Says of ProdPad, and we talked about how they're big believers in sharing their roadmap publicly, not just with the rest of the organization, though, but even with customers. They just put it out there for everybody to see, which is kind of, you know, crazy in a way, but, you know, it works for them. Um, but Jason Freed of Basecamp, he is totally anti-roadmap. In fact, Basecamp keeps no roadmap at all. I've heard that, and honestly, that's pretty wild. Yes, but today, we're actually going to chat with somebody who knows a thing or two about roadmaps. It's Latif Nanji, who's the co-founder and CEO of Roadmunk, and he is a big believer in roadmaps, but he has his own unique take. He is a proponent of agile roadmapping. Ah, well, agile roadmapping, what is it? Well... We are all about to find out in this bonus interview here on Rocketship. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka and Mike Belsito. Okay, so I know what roadmapping is. That's, of course, where all the products, sometimes even the major features, get planned out in a certain period of time. And it gives the team some sort of forward-looking view of what they're going to be creating for the foreseeable future. That's right. And sometimes roadmaps are time box, sometimes they're not. But yes, they give everybody a view of, you know, what's going to be created. But agile roadmapping. Well, we know what the principles of agile are, right? It's all about collaboration with teams and an iterative process. So these principles live on in agile roadmapping? Well, here's Latif, who, again, is the co-founder and CEO of Roadmunk and this is a company that builds roadmapping platforms. Latif shares his take on what agile roadmapping really is. Agile roadmapping is fundamentally still roadmapping. Agile just has a connotation to operating on a shorter time scale and being more malleable. But inherently, that still is the definition of a roadmap or a product roadmap. It just so happens that the environment in which the executors, whether that's the designers, product managers, and engineers are, are on these very short release cycles. And there's this notion that planning at a time frame that's slightly greater than that may not come at any service to those agile teams. And so there is this concept of agile roadmapping that says, hey, you can have these teams working at the pace they need to but still create um, a plan that's a bit higher level for that particular team organization so that the rest of the stakeholders have a sense of what's actually happening on the ground. Ah, okay. So agile roadmapping, it isn't dramatically different from your standard run-of-the-mill roadmapping, except for a couple key characteristics. Yes. And let me see if you got them here. Those are... You're really going to test me? <laughs> this is the test, Michael. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. For one, it's shorter term. The second one that stands out is that they're a lot more malleable. An item on a roadmap isn't necessarily a promise. There needs to be room for iteration. 
Did I get it? I think I think you nailed it, actually. And it seems like in order for agile roadmapping to work, there there has to be a mindset that the entire organization adopts, especially at the highest levels. Oh, well, you know, that can be a challenge. For sure. For sure. And in fact, actually, Latif talks about how product people today are faring when it comes to agile roadmapping. And little spoiler alert, they're not grading out too well quite yet. <laughs> Well, on, on mass right now, I still think there's a needs improvement score. I, I'm not necessarily sure as percentages for the product managers that I've had the opportunity to work with that are more senior. I would say that they've, they've gotten really great at it. But if you're early on in your product management career, you haven't had a really good kick at the can. And so you end up really still adapting to the other tools that teams use. And so there's this famous definition of product managers being the glue in the organization but they're not just the glue in the organization, they're also the tool gluer. So they end up using Jira or they'll use a spreadsheet and this becomes a little bit more dangerous. Well, it's helpful in one way, first of all, because that's where a lot of the people live, but it can be unhelpful because the external audiences, whether those are executives, directors, um, and customers, don't have access to these internal tools. And there needs to be a way to, to create and manage those agile roadmaps so that the rest of the team can understand what's going on. So when a company adapts an agile roadmapping process internally, what kind of benefits will they see right away? Well, that's the thing. They may not see any sort of immediate benefit at all. <laughs> so really nothing? Well, in some sense, they sometimes don't. I think absolutely one area that's a check mark for doing this exercise is transparency. But the real benefit is actually self-reflection and being able to look in the mirror. If you do not look back at what you started out the month or the quarter with and in terms of a rough plan and see where you landed, you'll never actually learn from your roadmap because your roadmap just isn't some statement of intention to the organization and your customers if you're willing to share it. It's about saying like, look, we hit our roadmap. This means that we can continue to go at the pace of hitting you know, two big projects a quarter and three medium ones but if the expectation from your executive team and your market is to hit six big things and 10 medium ones, and you look back at your roadmap, you have a reflection and you can look back in the rearview mirror and say, we are not ready for scale in this market. And we need to look strategically either to focus a little bit more specifically, or if it's a market that's moving too fast in the consumer space, we need to expand our resources and the executive team needs to take further action on their side to help accelerate the roadmap because ultimately um, the executive team is going to be responsible for that component of resourcing um, with respect to funds and other areas. So that's a second area. And also going forward, when you now make these learnings, you're actually managing the expectations. So if you're going out there and you're starting to overcommit or and, you know, overpromise and underdeliver, you're not going to be respected as a product manager. And people that work closely with the product and product management team that don't necessarily see that early on because there's no roadmap. And as soon as they present the roadmap, then they're like, huh, here's this level of accountability that PM can't be like, well, I'm just going to keep being overly aggressive because that's in my personality. They actually have to say, this is what I'd like to do. And this is what I think the market needs, but this is what we're actually able to do based on the history in our company. And it gives people a snapshot of here's the reality and here's, maybe the, um, you know, the, the, the bigger milestone that's at play. And I think that's the third component of why it's really important for product managers to get in 
side this exercise and continue to be better at it so that they can manage all three of those areas. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you today by Gusto. Payroll and benefits are hard, especially for small businesses. You don't have the time to be an expert on things like taxes and regulations. And there are old school payroll providers that exist, but they're just not built for the modern business. Gusto is making payroll benefits and HR easy for small businesses. Modern technology does the heavy lifting, so it's easy to get things right. Now, again, there is some competition for Gusto out there, but Gusto actually has a lot of things going for them. PC Mag and Fit Small Business, they've called Gusto the best payroll for small businesses. Gusto makes payroll a breeze. In fact, 9 out of 10 users say Gusto is easier to use than other payroll solutions. And Gusto definitely saves you time. 72% of customers, they actually spend less than five minutes to run payroll. I know a lot of people that spend way more. Gusto is reliable. Four out of five customers actually reduce payroll errors after switching. And if you don't believe it, just Google it. People love Gusto. And how often do you actually love your payroll provider? Almost never. Most small businesses, they don't have an HR expert, but you don't need one to use Gusto. With great software and great service, you can focus on your business, not on your payroll or your paperwork. To help support the show, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited time deal. Sign up today and you'll get three months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to gusto.com forward slash rocket ship. That's gusto.com forward slash rocket ship. Now, back to the show. Okay, so we've heard some advice on some things to do if you want to get into Agile Roadmapping. I wonder what we shouldn't do if we want to get into Agile Roadmapping. Did you ask Latif about the common traps that product people should look out for? Well, it's funny you should ask, Michael. One area that product managers should avoid is getting into project management. This is an easy place to get trapped where they start to build out super complex structures where it's like every epic, every user story, every task, every time estimate, every dependency, um, you know, who's on vacation and they start to build this out. If you're doing that, you need to speak to a project manager and engineering team to take on that responsibility. That is, you know, that is a product manager's job, maybe sub 20 people in a startup but after that, that is just not their job. Their job is to say, here are the problems that we're going to be addressing this quarter and the solution name of it. And here are some of the major bullet points of the problems we're going to solve. And here's how we're going to track its success. Right. So there's got to be a way of understanding what to showcase and where the conversation should be led versus turning into a glorified product man- project manager, which is uh, you know, candidly what I did in my very early years as a PM. So I think that's probably a big pitfall. And then number two is not setting up the right cadence. You know, I think each organization and team is going to have to find the right cadence and deliverables for this, um, whether it's bi-weekly and even if it's half an hour to showcase the progress and status of things. But then also to make sure that at the end of it all, it's part of the retrospective, right? The developers and the product managers and a lot of companies are siloed. And so an easy pitfall is to not be part of the, pro- the engineering retrospective. You need to make sure a CTO or the organization is held between a VP of product and a VP of eng, that those two have their retrospectives together against the roadmap. Why did we miss? What did we learn? And how are we going to correct this for next time? It's not just part of the product management conversation. It has to be part of the engineering organization as well. Otherwise, you're gonna, the, those types of organizations are going to continue to have this 
you know, common wall that product throws over, engineering throws back over, or designers throw at a product. And we need to break those barriers down and work in collaborative teams that have a mission. And I think that's really um, some of the major pitfalls that I've, I've seen that, uh, you know, people that are getting into this should avoid. When you're adopting some sort of new way of doing something, it's really good to look out for these things. If other people have made this mistakes, we as product people, we might as well learn from them so we don't have to run into the exact same errors. For sure. And Latif actually shared one more mistake that a lot of product people tend to make, which is setting unrealistic expectations. Sometimes product people expect that they can get their team all in on agile roadmapping instantly, but Sometimes it's just not possible. Sometimes it can be a process. Product managers, sort of at the personality level, love to just get shit done. They want to execute. They want to make sure that everything that developers are working on are getting pushed as fast as possible, especially when you're on an earlier small team and you haven't been there for you know, numbers of years. It's, it's hard to say, you know what, let's take a step back and let's keep reevaluating our strategy. Let's keep looking at our plan it is a form of gratification that takes a longer time to come in. So, you know, I always like to say, and I think other CEOs do too, is that a lot of our job as a company scales is we make decisions that don't impact the team for six months. Whereas, you know, last quarter, everything I was doing was having the impact week to week or day to day. And this has sort of that same psychological impact that it's some of the fruits of this labor may not be felt for months and years. Um, because those habits need to be formed. The transparency needs to come out. You need to be able to manage expectations as resources start to increase. What did we do last quarter? Where did we do this following quarter? You know, if you're in a startup under 50 people, that may not be the case. But if you're in a company that's like three to 500 people or larger, that starts to be commonplace. Um, so it really is about um, product management leaders instilling that in the rest of the team. And they must sort of have those personality traits to recognize that it's important to plan, you know, three, six, and sometimes 12 months out so that they can really set the expectations with the team. Otherwise, people are just going to go back to what they're doing, which is what do I need to do today or this week to be successful? And that's a trap that not just people on the execution layer get caught with, but even some of the strategic people. And that habit is, is hard to change unless there's major accountability there. I imagine that many of our listeners uh, are probably intrigued. I'm intrigued. They may have never actually heard of agile roadmapping before as a process, but you know, I think we can all see the benefits. Uh, for those that do, you know, they kind of want to get started. What's the first step? Well, th- first of all, there's a ton of material that's out there. Believe it or not, the team at Roadmonk they actually even wrote an ebook on the topic that is worth a read. It's just called Agile Roadmapping. All right. Well, that's easy to remember. Yes. And it's a free download. So you could go ahead and check that out. Um, but Latif gives a few other suggestions on how product people can get started. First is to have a conversation with the rest of the leadership team to get that feedback to say, hey, are you guys happy with the velocity of the product team and the product development team? And the answer is most likely going to be no. And the second question is the product manager is going to ask, well, why? Why do you think that is? And they'll have a whole bunch of different reasons. And a roadmap with the strategy that everyone's agreed on from the goal side of the, the company as well as the market, they need that visibility to understand that. And the product manager, if he starts there, he's going to recognize pretty quickly that there's probably an alignment issue just in conversation 
as to why are things taking longer? Why is this feature, you know, two months overdue? And the product manager knows the answers to these questions, but they're probably not as well distributed amongst the rest of the teams or the, the, the management team that they're working across or the marketing team. And they're just kind of sitting in the dark a lot of the time. So I think starting with some questions and getting feedback for themselves to recognize that this is actually a problem. And then number two is to go out there and start to actually build them. And this is always going to be a work in progress. They're never going to hit the process correctly the first time. It is something that is changing and difficult, but you just got to get started. And that means if you want to jump into a spreadsheet or a tool like Roadmonk or, or whatever your favorite PowerPoint presentation is tool, go ahead and start collaborating on that and saying, dear, you know, a few stakeholders, does this, do you understand how long this is going to take? And this is what the costs are. And then they're going to say, I don't understand that. Perfect. Now you have a place where you can start a conversation. You can reinforce the message of what's being delivered. You can reinforce the risks and the timing. And you start to build that into the conversations between product and other teams. And that's where people start to build the confidence back into product organizations. And I think that's, you know, just doing those two things can really uh, help a product manager's career as well as relationships internally. I mean, again, like a lot of the stuff that we talk about on here, agile roadmapping might not be that silver bullet, but there really is no silver bullet. But uh, it's really about finding the right method for your team. Uh, so, I mean, I'm intrigued by the concept. I, I think there's a lot of really good stuff here. Yeah, and and I think you're right on, Michael. I mean, different approaches work for different teams. Agile roadmapping, it, it could be the answer that your team's looking for, but you don't really know unless you try to learn more and maybe experiment a little bit. After all, the life of a product person is all about experimenting, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. Thanks so much for tuning into season five of Rocketship.fm. For the next couple of months, we're going to be taking you deep into these stories and we're incredibly excited to do that for you. We're also proud to now be part of the Podglomerate Network. So if you'd like to check out more great Podglomerate shows, go to thepodglomerate.com. And man, there's a ton. So if you like what you hear, leave us a review. We always love it. And we'll see you back here next week.